today we have a really special guest. Uh, this 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 father, this uh, um, Texas State uh, alum, Nuss. Uh, he, he's an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, uh, a mentor. Uh, there's many. There's a huge list. I just I, the, the podcast is going to be an hour, so if I keep going, I we'll probably won't have time. So, but I really I want to introduce uh, this man. His name is Ruben Becerra. Well said. Right on. People have a hard time with that. <laughs> what makes Ruben Ruben? Who is this person you yeah, speak who is of? This All right. Mysterious <laughs> character. Well, the always have to go to the beginning so i was raised in southern california a little city palm springs a place that loves simplicity and every time i see those bumper stickers simplify or die i'm thinking yes that speaks to my soul <laughs> uh, frank lloyd wright inspired our whole community and that was a place that was less is more and and not so much clutter and a life of peace and tranquility was what people seek when they go to where i was raised and so that has never left me. It's always been a part of me and, and loving nature. And when you have that looking glass that you look through, you end up automatically having an appreciation that's a little more quiet than the cool things that you may interact with on a daily basis. And so I've always tried to appreciate, he who seeks wisdom is wise. I've always tried to appreciate those around me and the things that move others because I very easily was uh, my dad's favorite son, and I was so lucky to have heard that from him. And um, I should just keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, so um, I appreciated my dad a lot, and I discovered that what a gift it was to have my own family. And when I had a family, I was like, wow, what a compounded gift, because I loved my dad with all my heart. And when I had the opportunity to be loved like I loved my dad, I said, shit, what a <laughs> gift. <laughs> you know, you got to see, it feels like the rest of the kaleidoscope. It was a real treat to me. And so I felt, I, I constantly feel blessed and grateful. And I'm a grateful soul. And if I had a tombstone message choice, and if these guys remembered it, and they were to say, what's going to be on your tombstone? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> grateful soul. And that's the place I come from. That's who I am because that is the cornerstone of the things that move me. I'm grateful for people that I work with. I'm grateful for people that I interact with. I'm grateful for the organizations. I'm grateful for the vibe, that uh, the movements, the fights, the push. I see the little person. I see the fight. I see the passion. And I see that in everything and in everyone. And so when you understand that tiny little piece I just struggled to go through, it, it helps you to see my, through my looking glass. To me, everyone is someone's loved one. To me, everyone is important. To me, everyone is someone. And that's how I operate my life. When I'm asked to go to the high school or the college and talk to different groups, I have been for years. They could ask me to talk about, um, like the last thing I did was for the high school and it was through the United Way. And they asked me to say something about uh, the entrepreneurial uh, piece of the food and beverage hospitality industry. I won't turn my head so much because it messes with this sound. And um, everyone went. They had executive chefs. They had an assortment of people. And then I came up. And it was to guide these high school seniors and, and give them direction for their future to their jump-off point. And my perspective was one of, well, I think the most important thing you should do is make sure what you're doing is what you like. 
because so often and so easily someone will go down a path because they want to please someone because I feel people are intrinsically good. There's another morsel of my looking glass. And so most people want to please those they love. And they may accidentally pick something for a career at that stage in their lives that doesn't suit them. And so what I told them was, hey, the first thing you should do is be true to yourself and in, in, uh, reflecting in self-analysis and finding things that you love and that move you. And what I was doing was standing there on that stage talking to an auditorium full of kids was, if these were my kids, what would I want them to be told? Or if I was there, what would I be telling myself 30 years ago, 25 years ago? And so that's how I move through my day is the golden rule, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. And that's what moves me. And it's just, it's a gift and it's a blessing. Hopefully I answered that. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and to keep going from that, like I, as I'm getting older, you know, I like learning everyone. I learned something from every human being can teach me something. And, that's right. you know, when I met you, you know, I met you through, uh, I was in a program where we were mentoring high school students in San Antonio. And then Krista, I was working with Krista. That's right. And she uh, she introduced me to you, you know. And then, uh, but yeah, I mean, aside from like the the whole, you know, we were, oh, you helped me out. You gave me the confidence, you know, to keep doing what I'm doing right now, basically. Beautiful. Thank you. What a blessing to hear that. But but what I was trying to say is, I, I would, I just, uh, I noticed how you were and uh, the hustle you have. But also, what I what I really learned though was was how you're not afraid to love. Like mm-hmm. when you talk to Ruben, Junior. You y'all talk, and then he's leaving. He's hey, hey, I love you. That's uh, right. You know, I noticed that. I will see that, and 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 that's you're not afraid to to show to affection, show love, to show affection. That's right. And that's what I feel like. That's what that's what part of being a a man is. You know, mm-hmm. and I I get you know I learned stuff from my own dad too. But I but it's not just your own dad that teaches you how to become a man. You gotta you gotta look around. There's different characteristics that you can get from from different people. And and you're one of them, and I want to tell you that you know that you taught me Thank you. how to be myself. Oh, I'm be, I'm trying to become myself more and more unapologetic. I don't want to apologize for being myself to people for showing love. That's beautiful, you know. And I'm not saying I'm there, but you it's helped a, me like realize that that's something that it's I need a lofty to work goal. On. Yeah, it's a lofty goal. That's very awesome. Well, I've um, I've got that gift that you know I see everything as a gift. I'm a grateful soul, and so I have that that gift of being raised by. My mom and dad, of course. I mean, but I referenced my dad on this subject matter. My dad would cry with movies, and he showed affection, to summarize. He just showed affection. And so I was, like you're saying, I was shown that it's okay to be affectionate. And so I'm sharing that to my kids. And in Spanish, my mom's cliche that I love to reference is, el ejemplo arrastra. Mm -hmm. And so the point is, you can tell them all you want, do this, do that. But when you're leading by example... It moves people. And so I show my kids, be affectionate, be loving, because you don't know what you have until it's gone and all that kind of thing. And so the idea is lead by example. And so the coolest part about that is you see it. And the place that I've been fortunate to work towards that I have finally reached, and I just continue to work my best to stay there, is not judging others. Easier said than done. There's assessment and there's judging. And I genuinely don't judge people. I have to assess for safety's sake and other common sense things that we deal with on day-to-day life. But if someone's got something going on, I go to the, the phrase, hate the sin, not the sinner. And so it's like, well, I don't like what you're doing maybe, 
but it's not that I don't like you because I go back to that cornerstone. You're someone's loved one, you know? So all my thought processes, these little pillars that shape my thought process, my looking glass, my kaleidoscope, they all have to agree. And so if you see, the more I talk to you about things, the more that is exposed about the pattern or the rubric that my thoughts go through. And it is one of do good, leave it better than you found it, harm no one, and um, people aren't judging you. And when you think or think and walk around with the idea that people aren't judging you because you remember that old, old golden rule, um, well, it's not a golden rule, but it's in the Bible. I, I'm not a good quoter, but I'll paraphrase it this way. That says, uh, you'll be judged by... Uh, the methods you judge others or you'll be judged by the sword you whatever right you guys have heard that somehow (laughs) some way well so the idea is it's basically saying that the way you see others is the way you'll be seen well lucky for me i don't see people with judging eyes so if i'm wearing torn shoes guess what i'm gonna walk into a place and i'm not gonna feel like you're snickering at me because i'm not snickering at your shoes And so it's a real cool gift. And so I walk with a lighter soul on that front. And so for that reason, I get to walk around and be affectionate towards my family. And if you don't like it, I never noticed because I'm not looking for that response from you. And I'm grateful. You know, it's a little more grounding and it allows you to psychologically express yourself in the most wholesome way that you feel. And that's what leads my life, feel. I feel like we all should go to Palm Springs. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that where that comes from? Yeah, right. <laughs> Where's this? Uh, this is in the desert. A, yeah. It's a, it's a great starting point. We went to Sedona one time, and I uh, love Sedona. yes, we went for the vortex uh, yeah. experience. And let me tell you, where we live now, Monica, my wife, has wanted to live there for a lot of years, and we finally got the opportunity to. In San Marcos, there's a place called uh, Spring Lake Hills, mm-hmm. and people say historically that. Uh, Our lake, Spring Lake, as like the name says, is fed by underground springs. And so it's continuously uh, fed year-round by springs, 72 degrees. And it's it's a year-round thing, and it's pretty awesome. That's what makes our San Marcos River. Mm -hmm. So the thing that people say is this place where Spring Lake Hills is has been the longest continuously inhabited place in North America. Wow. And hey, water is life. And so we happen to be blessed some more. And we live on top of a little hill. And it's a neighborhood called Spring Lake Hills. And we live on Mimosa Circle. That's why we were having mimosas this morning. <laughs> and that's I tell we'll you what. That's will be next Sunday. That's right. And we have the coolest, most peaceful vibe. Uh, our neighborhood is just so tranquil, so peaceful. So I feel that you end up living, moving, or interacting in a place that you're vibrating at that similar frequency. Yeah. Okay. And because I am happy and, and, and a peaceful soul, and Monica's one in that space, and I feel like we're able to continue this vibration of this peaceful gratitude at Spring Lake Hill. So if you ever want to go, man, you guys have an open invitation. And I feel like you're saying like you live in a really, like the vibrations mm-hmm. of where you live. But I feel like that's a homeostasis because like you, you give back to, to your community just as much as the community gives to you, you know, like you, you okay, can you tell us about what you do in San Marcos? Like everything that you do. I mean, it's a lot, but I'm not, I you're right. And I thank you. And I don't want to sound arrogant, but I'm going to probably forget some of the stuff I do just to be truthful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say currently I am 
the owner of the oldest restaurant in town. And I say I, but it's a team, okay? If I make that interchangeable, that'll be the best because nothing is an island. No man is an island. So we own Gill's Broiler, which is the oldest restaurant in town. We own the Mansky Roll Bakery, the oldest bakery in town. We own Dixie Cream Donuts, the oldest donut shop in town. And with those machines, those vessels, those uh, contributions of feeding our community, we feed our community as well with it, which by way of donating chronically to, for example, when we had a big flood, you guys heard of our floods that we had a couple of years ago. We were nonstop feeding. We were making production nonstop, giving away food to anybody that was affected by the flood, for example, to all the first responders. We mean just it's what we do, period. Uh, through United Way, we help. I'm the president of the Centro Cultural Hispano de San Marcos. That's a long name, but there it is. Uh, I'm the president of the Downtown Association. I'm on the with Dr. Arellano and a few others from the university. She's the dean of students at Texas State. Um, we, uh, we serve as an advisory board to the Hispanic Policy Network, which is a longstanding um, organization designed to get faculty and staff engaged in university things of usually Hispanic descent, but it's not uh, exclusive to being only Hispanic. You see, because Texas State is a Hispanic-serving institution, and so Texas State's doing a good job of bringing Hispanics in, but our question is, what are you doing about keeping them? Mm-hmm. So the retention rate is the another cliche for you, the 800-pound gorilla in the room that no one's talking about, but our dropout rate is uh, too high. And it's increasing, and it's not good. And so the Hispanic Policy Network does some of that, which is, hey, you have a roadmap for this HSI, Hispanic Serving Institution. Are you following all these things? Are you doing everything you can be? Because the university is getting federal funds because of this designation. So are you using them wisely? And so that's one of the pieces that they do. Um, I was on the Economic Development Board, uh, I've just moved off of that onto, and I've um, been happy to do it. To I asked to be moved to the Arts Commission for our community. So now I'm an Arts Commissioner. I was a Planning and Zoning Commissioner for a handful of years. I was um, on the Parks Board, Parks and Rec Board, uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau Board. Um, I was a chair of the Main Street Advisory Board. I served as a chair of the Blue Ribbon Bond Committee. Mm. You get the idea. <laughs> <laughs> I can keep going, but that's that gives you the gist of what, it. What uh, what keeps you sharp? What keeps you wanting like to get, be involved and just con- continuously just being involved in the community? I've I've got a real gratitude for the community and how it served and allowed the wonderful, blessed life that I've been able to have there. Um, my kids are blessed and gifted and we've been you know very well received our community supported us they allowed me to have a a livelihood and so I give back in part for that and then the other part is selfish like Oprah said hey once you discover that you like giving you give often and so when I hear someone's story someone's situation I can relate and that's my strength and like Monica points out your strength is very often your weakness and so I can relate to people's uh, heartache or dreams or goals And it's not always me pushing out my ideas. I also help people with their own ideas. And so I hear someone's heartache and I think, God, 50 bucks, ah, 
I can do it. I'll give you $50. Or, hey, we need a donation of that. I think, ah, oh, it's all so, to me, everything's low-hanging fruit to be helpful. And so I just, I do it. And then I do it again. And then I, and it just, that's what keeps me going because I also, I see it as easy to do. And the second thing is, I see how rewarding it is. It's like a kiss or a hug or a smile. It costs so little yet gives so much. Yeah, and, I, and I've witnessed that. I've, I've been around when you, uh, when you did the, uh, the pink fire truck at oh at yes Dixie, that's right um, for the for the soccer coach you know that's right uh, uh, Texas State soccer coach um, been a longtime family friend of ours and she was diagnosed with cancer and what we did was we did a huge uh, drive at one of our shops and we said every single penny that we sell of our products we will donate to her medical expenses and that's that's a that's a lofty goal, you know, to tell a lot of people to come somewhere to support something. But we feel that everyone's busy, everyone's got a lot going on, and you want to do good. Most, again, most people are interested in helping others. The whole people intrinsically good vibe. And so if you make it accessible to them, that's why crowdfunding is so easy and so fruitful. Because you want to help, and if you give them the vessel with which to do this, then they'll be more inclined to. And so, man, we had a tremendous, we raised thousands of dollars for her. And she was happy, and so were we. So, uh, Ruben, I'm, I'm curious, like, you're passionate, you know, you're, you're badass or whatever. But uh, uh, Well, that's not what I'm saying. No, no, I mean, you're not saying it directly, but, I mean, we all can agree on it. But, like, um, what made you this way? Have you always been this way, like, since California? And also, why San Marcos? Like, how did you end up there? You know, why not Austin or... Dallas, Houston, like what made you this way and why there too? Yeah, well, um, originally when I, um, I was raised in California and we moved to Texas and where we moved was Brownsville. Not hating on the valley, but it wasn't my vibe. I didn't. Or ours. Right. (laughs) It wasn't. It really wasn't. You know, Um, my mom still lives there. There's nothing wrong with the place. It just, it doesn't operate at a frequency that I can appreciate. That's the best way for me to say it. And so um, we moved to Corpus and we used college as an excuse. Monica and I said, I want to get in. There's my environmental piece again, okay? I wanted to get an environmental biology degree. And what do you know? Brownsville didn't have one, so we got to go. (laughs) (laughs) So we used that as an excuse to move out of the valley. Who can argue with that? And so we moved to Corpus. And I'm third-generation hospitality. Uh, food and beverage, hotel, restaurant, country club management. And so I ended up working my way through college, got a job with the Whataburger family, and uh, I opened their flagship, Whataburger by the Bay. I was their opening general manager. You go to any Whataburger today, and their big, beautiful two-story Whataburger uh, is in a restaurant somewhere. If you just look around, there's a picture of it. It's a nice place. And they liked what I did. They liked my attention to detail and the care I gave the place. And and it all, my leadership style, it's still, it's the same philosophy that I'm sharing with you here today. See people, care for them, give them the ability, give them a voice, give them the chance to do those things that they feel they can impact an organization with. And I did, and it worked, and I was excessively successful, and I was very grateful. I was asked to come up here to the Central Texas market, and I said, okay, no problem. Well, Monica is willing to go, we're gone. And so we moved up here to Austin. Um with Whataburger. And then we had an opportunity to buy Gill's Broiler. 
and I wasn't done with college yet. And so he said, well, Monica, do I cash in my 401k? She's part of the ride. We're attached at the hip. We've been married for 24 <laughs> years now. And so she's got she's to agree on it. And so I said, hey, do we move to San Marcos and buy this tired little restaurant that's seemingly it looked, looked like it to us, and that's what we were led to believe, we're going to close down if we don't buy it. You know, there's that bleeding heart vibe. And um, do we cash our 401k in and buy this place and go for it? And everyone around us said, no way. Are you crazy? This dusty, tired little place. Don't do it. And you've, you're leaving a great company, and Whataburger is a great company. And Monica and I looked at each other after we saw it, and we like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Her own parents were like, no, guys, don't do it. You're crazy. And so we moved to San Marcos for Gil's Broiler and continued my education at Texas State, but really never looked back. It was work that moved me, but I feel it was divine intervention. Mm-hmm. All right. And in that one, I think it was your dad, too. Because remember, he said about the shade tree. Like, remember he made the analogy that if you're going to open a business, oh, yes. to open a business next to a That's big right. shade tree. Right. That's and right. And so, like, whenever we went, um, every, it was a... It was a, not a good restaurant. I mean, and I love Gil. Gil has become like our really good friend. Um, and I hope we don't get in trouble for saying this, but Gil, the first time we walked in there was literally at the fryer making fries and he had a cigarette in his mouth. And I'm pretty sure like the ashes were about to fall in. <laughs> and he was like, cool. It was totally fine oh, for him. Yeah. And so, um, and everyone was like, don't buy it. It's not a good thing. But when we were looking at the location, all we, everyone said no. But then we felt like maybe Texas State is the shade tree. Like that's maybe right. that's the tree. And so that's what we went That's for. right. My, my dad would always say if, if, you want a good shade, get next to a good tree. My dad always said that to me. And Monica and I reminded me of that right now. And Texas State, we saw as a good tree. Since 1899, it's going nowhere. And so this place can only go up if we do a better job of running it. And so we felt good about it. So being such a positive person, and I just met you a couple minutes ago. How do you deal with negativity? And how do you deal with trials and tribulations in your life? It's... Uh, it's a wonderful reality that I have the opportunity to get upset, but I have two jobs, get upset and get over it. And I, I'm grateful that I tell my family, I said, okay, just give me a few minutes. I'll get over it because I get mad. Like something makes me mad. And, but my biggest goal, here's my goal. Here's a wish. And so my wish is here's how I feel I should interact about. I don't want to turn my head because then I won't. Okay. I'm just used to eye contact. (laughs) I know. But the biggest goal for me is when something undesirable happens to me or that I experience something that doesn't suit me, the biggest, best, highest use of my mind's energy would be to observe it like birds passing through the sky, notice it's there, and not be moved by it. That's my goal. That's a lesson I haven't learned yet. I'm a hot-blooded Mexican. <laughs> it is what it is. Nevertheless, that's that's the my strength and my weakness because I'm also very passionate. I've I've been working towards having that end result, but the truth is, I very often um, get upset and as quickly as I can find my way out and get over it because I try to channel that energy into something that will be fruitful, traction to an elicit elicit a change that I seek so that if it's a problem. I can make sure it doesn't happen again or do my best to correct it. And, and we all know the, the reality of being an entrepreneur is 
most of the time things don't go as planned right. things don't go right <laughs> when you're working through others yeah so yeah. i mean you're gonna things aren't always gonna be looking pretty and and like the way you deal with things i guess how do you yeah like so like you're saying like you deal with the like adversity in mm-hmm. certain ways um i guess what what do you have like for someone like me or that's you know i I I consider myself, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. Yes, you are, and that's my, you know, that's my dream. But or other people that might be listening, people that don't, that they see other people in power. They, they certainly, especially right now in 27 in 2017, I don't see a lot of people like me, my background, you know, in leadership positions, in corporate America or, or and stuff like that. So what do you have? What do you have to say to someone <clears throat> that's young and that has dreams of being an entrepreneur one day, owning their own business? There are differences and get to know them. Uh, There are managers and there are leaders. There's the first one I'll break for you. A manager walks around with a clipboard and manages a task. A leader is interacting with people. Here's how I will try to tell people that I'm bringing up in leadership. I will say this to them. I will say, you can manage a task, but you need to lead the people. And now when someone's on the clock, as long as I'm around, they'll do anything I want. I have no problem because of my own work ethic. I have no problem believing anyone around me will do anything I want for as long as I want them to do it. To me, is I'm unfazed by that statement because it is a fact in my world. The thing that I strive for, the thing that moves me is not what they'll do when I'm there. My kids can answer this sentence, finish the sentence if I wanted to, but the truth is this. The thing that I strive to teach others is, what will you do when I'm gone? When I'm punched off, left the site, somewhere else, then if I moved you, if I inspired you, if I motivated you in such a way that you will stay fruitful for our cause while I'm gone without supervision, then I'm successful. And so there's a difference between managing, leading, And there's a difference between leading and being an entrepreneur. And so a leader is energetic. An entrepreneur is more into a spirit of. And so what I say is, label yourself an entrepreneur. And some people have mistakenly said to themselves, I'm an entrepreneur to use it as a cop-out, for example, to say they're unemployed, but they're, you know, almost mocking the spirit of an entrepreneur. Maybe because they want to be or don't want to be unemployed. Nevertheless, it just seems like that would be a good thing to not do to ourselves because we're the finer granulated piece that's coming from ground zero because Monica and I couldn't buy a gallon of milk when we got married. We were broke. Okay. And so my point is you work from zero and when you ruin or mess with the perceptions of these words that motivate a lot of us then you're kind of undermining the whole organizational effort of us as a people to move up just a shade. And if you see that as an up, which I do. And so the entrepreneurial spirit is something that is, oddly enough, something that needs to be cultivated. It is, a, in my opinion, a personal discipline. I've been an entrepreneur for a long time. You have to have in my opinion, you should have the idea that failure is a distant possibility, but highly 
not likely. Don't be afraid to fail. Is how I'm trying to say it. Um, don't think that the poor house is just around the corner, like Regis Philbin would always say. Mm-hmm. Monica always said that to me. The poor house is just around the corner, like Regis says. I said, I know, I know, because we are not afraid to gamble in yeah. in in business dealings. We cashed out our very secure 401k into a very unsecure, unsure uh, business world, and so. What I tell you is do a lot of self-reflecting. Find places and people to be around that help you be as centered as possible, specifically because you're going to need to rely on, in my opinion, to be most successful, your hunch a lot. And if you move by your hunch a lot, then you're staying open and you're staying receptive And there's a word called the zeitgeist. And what that word means is the feel or the tone of the space and time. And I feel that the most successful entrepreneurs are on the pulse of the community or the industry or whatever you're dealing with. And so if you're fresh and cutting edge and hip and whatever you may want to reference it as, then I feel you'll have your best chance to be the most good or effective and i think those are universal descriptions because when i work with people i've always tried to be that universal whether you're gonna make a cool looking cap apc collective Hmm. or you're gonna make a apple computer i think there's a guy named simon sinek and i really like him he's on youtube and uh he says think with the why you know, if you if you say why you're doing things, um, it's really like the spirit of things. Mm-hmm. If if you tie into the spirit of what you're doing and the spirit of what's going on, then you can be most successful. Because if you're thinking it, if you're feeling it, chances are someone else is too. And if you can find a way to provide it, perfect. So, but you're going to get a lot of you know the typical stamp out phrases that you'll hear are. Oh, it's never going to work. Oh, you shouldn't do it. But the truth is, if you're average and status quo, then nothing will change. And it's only those outliers that will generate change. And so an outlier is emotionally expensive. I'm going to chime in really quick. Come on. So, um, should I- my name is Monica Becerra. I am yeah, Ruben's. I know, but I just like I should say, like I'm Ruben's wife. We've been married for 24 years, and I have told him for the past 24 years that I'm his number one student um, because I really have learned. And my even my parents say, like, who are you? Like, how did you even become this person? And they attribute it to Ruben. But the thing about Ruben is, when I first met him, um, and he was telling me he had like I don't know, you wanted to open like an auto, auto mechanic shop. Um, and he was like, I'm going to open an auto mechanic shop. And um, what really, why I knew that he was going to be a business owner and an entrepreneur that succeeded is because Ruben didn't just say that he wanted to open an auto mechanic shop. Ruben said he wanted to open an auto mechanic shop and had the 20 step program as to how he was going to open it, what it was going to look like, what he was going to do to get the money to do it, what like he it wasn't just like the dream. He had like an, a, plan. A, way, a plan to like implement it. 
and I really feel that like cause a, a lot of people ask you this question and I know like you give but on this your answer but on the sidelines like me watching like I feel like that was a really big thing like he has always a plan the other thing about Ruben is that nothing I want to say nothing but like 99.9% .9 that I know I've never seen freaks him out so like um you know all of a sudden like the flood happens and there's like water coming into our business or whatever and he's like okay like what do we do like you just clean and i'm like oh my gosh like what are we gonna do like and he doesn't worry like he's just all the time like okay this is comes up with a plan and then implements that plan and i just to me like that's what i think like makes an entrepreneur is somebody who is always remains calm especially like when things get really difficult and then you know sits back and and thinks okay what needs to happen and he says all the time i have a lot of people i don't know like 30 40 50 people that work for him and he's like i have to worry about my livelihood but these people also pay their rent their car payment their whatever so i'm in charge in charge of making the right decision for all the people so i think that that's what the fact that he has that in his mind like makes him a good entrepreneur anyway that's all <laughs> i think i think there's also um something to be said about having a support system and you talked about your father, your upbringing, or coming from a place that valued simplicity, which probably means they valued what was real or what was meaningful more than anything else. As a fellow desert baby, and I'm obsessed with the desert, but I didn't love it growing up, and I do now, I, I feel like the things that push pretty much everybody we work with and the common denominator and this collective that we've created or that we're creating and that we're still kind of trying to figure out or trying to grow and nurture, because it's all of ours, the common denominator is it their hearts are so beautiful and pure and they're motivated by things that money can't buy. Mm -hmm. And it's not about my name or their name, it's about what kind of impact can we have. And as a, as a person that decided to let her mom make those caps, <laughs> not hand by hand, but she did order them, it's, I feel like it's really beautiful like starting a journey and having someone believe on you. These guys believe in each other and they're gonna help you know, build whatever's next in the empire, the industry of, you know, all things content and creative, you know, creation, whatever that is. And I probably started my firm because I had Ingrid who believed in what we were trying to do or who I had been in her mind. And that's because of this person sitting right here, Sabrina, who, I mean, and I, I tell you this all the time, like we did what we could do and we did, as it's, you started crying, so now I'm going to cry. It, it, it's, a, it's okay it's, in here. It's a truth, yeah. and I feel it, and I'm going to allow it to be felt. But um, right. whatever I was able to do and whatever we were able to do was because we were together. So regardless of titles or, or perceptions, like we built something because we were together. And you talk about being your husband's number one student. You know, you're his number one champion, too. And whatever he's been able to do, like I see it. Like you bought the business because your wife believed. It. <laughs> <laughs> happy wife, happy life. That's but it's right. like you know, and and we haven't even gotten to the fact that we're we all come from a place that's very similar, right? That's right. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't want to discount the beauty and the the brilliance of spirit and common common bond and whether that's a man and a woman you know best friends that become sisters colleagues that become sisters you know uh friends that become like brothers and entrepreneurs together like we you can create so much more if you're living outside yourself and it's not just your ambition it's what kind of impact am i going to have what kind of legacy am i going to give my family 
And and I feel like if you're driven by that, and we're at a time South by is, you know, filled with people who have dreams for big reasons, for small reasons, for selfish reasons. But I feel like the biggest opportunity is to just live outside yourself. They don't make it about you. Make it about how can you serve and how can you be the vessel for whatever good wants to come through you. And then how do you take the energy that's dependent on you or that sees the good in you and wants you to do more and just honor that. You know, we're doing this because my sister said, you should really put, you know, put this together. And it's like against all of my, my own fears. It's like, I trust her. You know, I don't see it, but I trust her and I trust them. And so I feel like the lessons that they wanted to hear from you. And I've just stayed quiet because I'm like, yeah, I get it. And I'm going to let them talk because this is theirs. But I just wanted to honor that because I feel like whatever you've been able to do and you have a beautiful family, I can't wait to see what your boys do. And I feel like we should talk to them too because the legacy that a man builds and you're, you're a different type of man. You remind me of my father because he's very unafraid and unapologetic about showing emotion and talking through spirit. I know Sedona because that's where we went on vacations as a kid. Um, we were eating tofu burgers in El Paso, Texas with Vitamixes like <laughs> in the 80s, pre-Whole Foods. Oh, that's good. So it was a different, a different type of upbringing, but what a beautiful thing you've created. Well, I want to tell you that we work as a pack. We are always together. And here my kids can be in 12 different places. Look where we live and look what's going on around us. And they're here with us. And I'm chronically grateful for that. They, they, they willingly come with us and this journey as a team is enriching their lives and putting deep roots down for them. And so I want to also add in, in my description, because I told you I'd forget something, Monica and I opened, but she she's the backbone and daily operations of it, Specialized Medical Solutions. And the slogan of Specialized Medical Solutions is passionately serving people. I love that. And on a daily basis, Monica helps patients with uh, breast cancer, with uh, prosthetics and orthotics, uh, venous insufficiency, uh, wound care, lymphedema. I mean, people going through hard things in their lives, people that are terminal. She's had many patients die. And she helps them on a daily basis and gives an enormous amount of time, energy, and passion daily to these people. And she comes home and feels so enriched by it. And I'm grateful that I helped her to be able to do that, to, to see her passion and to facilitate it and have her do it on a daily basis. I'm grateful for that. San Antonio office, by the way. There's your plug. Here we go. We're going to help. We're going to figure out how we can help. There you go. Oh, Ruben, so, I mean, you're a busy man. Uh, when, what time does your day start? And what's your, what, like when you wake up, how do you get ready for the day? Because you, you're going to be busy that whole day. How do you prepare your mind for the day ahead of you? Well, I'm really grateful that I can choose if I'm going to sleep in or not with a simple task of do I leave the curtains open or not? Because I'm very sensitive to light. And so we all are, I guess, ultimately. And so if I leave the curtains open during the week mainly, I wake up right when the birds start chirping. That's before the sunrise. And that's just natural for me. And I wake up naturally with the sunlight. And I feel that is the most healthy way for me to get up instead of some scary, jolting alarm. And so I like waking up that way. And what I do is, uh, the very first thing I try to do is take in. You know, it's the living in the moment, living in the now. And 
take in that that I just woke up to and I am a part of. And when I am sitting my mind on this piece, then slowly my thoughts will come about what I want to accomplish. And it's like taking uh, a float down the river. I have things I want to do, hope to accomplish, but I laughed because the other day I told Ruben, I said, I had 10 things on my to-do list today and I only did one. <laughs> but I didn't stop. I was constantly productive. And so it's almost like triaging. I, I take things as, as they come and I prioritize. Do I have something to do? All the time, just like you've said. And I'm grateful that I control my own calendar. I, I'm constantly prioritizing. Like when Monica stays home, uh, I didn't know she knew this or realized it and never shared it until recently. But, you know, she owns her own business too. And so she says in the morning, I'm going to stay home today. And I said, oh, okay. And then I start getting on my phone and I start doing things on my phone. And 20 minutes later, I keep doing things on my phone and, and I'm home all day too. And she's all, I know what you're doing. And I said, what's that? She said, you're moving your calendar around so you can stay home too. And I said, yes, I am. And she was grateful and she appreciates that. You know, I could say, oh, I got to do this. So I got to, no. And so I, I, I keep my priorities straight. And to me, family is first. And I live that. Again, el ejemplo rastra. And here it is, family first. And guess who's with me? Family. And so I've, I've canceled very important meetings because of family. And I'll continue to do it and I make no apologies. And so... Um, but we got to eat. So if there's a leak somewhere or if there's a problem and hey, I could say, let's go for a ride. Let's go do this. And so what I try to do is make those decisions on the things that are coming around me in the most peaceful way. And at the same time, I get to expose them to a thought process because when and if I walk away, they have the opportunity to make sound decisions or as good as they can in those scenarios, whatever they may be. I would ask a question about your sons because you're uh, a father, a businessman, a husband, obviously, but what is it that you want for your sons? I want my sons to be happy first. And for that reason, I encourage them to get degrees outside of the hospitality industry. What I didn't want to do was to be that old, um, stereotypical dad saying, you guys have to do what I did, you know, no, 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 you guys be free, be free to be happy and do whatever you want. And we are here to support you. But I'm very grateful that I, you know, that if you love someone, set them free, right? You know, that one, I don't have to recite it. And so I said, guys, do what you want. And slowly these beauties have started to uh, slide into the things that we have raised them doing. And I'm very grateful because since they decided to step in a more active role in what we're doing, I said, oh, okay, well then I'll ramp it up. So now we're starting the San Marcos Soda Company. We're starting a bottling company. We're starting, I mean, I can keep going. Now we're doing more things. <laughs> it's like, all right. Uh, and the soda company's revolving around the idea of pure cane sugar, wholesome drinks and wholesome things. and. And so we're going to start dabbling into some uh, other tasks and things that will keep them busy and, and earning a paycheck. And the idea is we'll continue to grow the family family line um, together since this is what you want to do. But I never wanted to pressure them. 
That's beautiful. Do you guys have anything you want to share? Uh, I have an example of uh, might I just I'm Ruben Jr. by the way of uh, what he was saying about like letting us free and do what we want. So at Texas State, uh, my major was biochemistry, and I was I just became a senior. And I told my dad, you know what? <laughs> I don't want to be a biochemist anymore. <laughs> I'm graduating in less than a year, and I told him that. And uh, I said, I think I want to change my major to finance so I can help out the family business. And uh, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm waiting for the backlash. Like, you wasted three years in college, and now it's all for naught. And uh, he didn't come. He just said, okay, do, you know, you can do what you want to do, and as long as you're happy. And I was like, it is. I'm happy. You know, you're, you have the street smarts of the business, and if I can get the book smarts, we can meet halfway and have you happy together. You know, keep our business afloat and make sure everything's good, and we can keep doing all these family trips, all these uh, family events. Uh, you know, I learned from my dad that family is very important. And so I'm always, I have my own apartment with my brother. We're roommates. And I'm always at the house. Like, I have my own apartment and I have my own food. And I'm, I'm always at my parents' house. And it's like, just because I want to. You know, it's fun. And, not, you know, this morning, my, well, last night my brother and I went out. and uh, Of course you did. Yeah. We didn't go back to my apartment. We went to my parents' house. We're like, we're like let's just go to their house. And then we woke up and I was like, hey, our we're going to Austin. They're like, yeah, we're going to go to Austin later. It's like, oh, let's have breakfast. And we made pancakes and we're just hanging out. You know, it's just, I can be in my apartment with my, with my brother eating noodles or whatever, but <laughs> I go to my parents' house and just, you know, like it's family first. That's what we learn. And we're not always, sometimes we bicker, my, my, my brother and I, but my dad's like, it doesn't matter. Like, you guys are brothers and it's always going to be you two against the world and stick together no matter what. And like, if you have little fights, <clears throat> get over them quick and make up. Yeah. How do you how do you keep your your dad up to date with things? What do you know, pop culture. Do you, uh, do you always, well, I mean, you're really up to date with everything. But like, what about the music? Do you always listen to the same music? Do you yeah, like my same? brother Christian, he's the one, the music person in the family. He's always like, hey, like we just, we just puts on the song in the car. We're like, who's this? Like, we like it. Like, put it on our phones. So we just, you know, in the car ride, we give him like four, all our phone, three phones. Like, put it on our our phone. We're it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, you know, it's, it's this guy and pretty cool and yeah my brother's more uh pop culture i do a lot of business with my dad and i try to run the stuff with him and my brother helps me also but i uh i mostly just stick to like books and reading and staying at home my brother's the one that takes me out he's like you need to go out and have fun with our friends because we have friends but i'm always like no i just want to be at home with my dad (laughs) (laughs) isn't that cool i'm so grateful let's just go to the movies together and he's like yes we'll do that but we also need to make sure we you know don't lose our friends because we because we know, don't go out with them. Yeah, Yesterday we, we went and saw King Kong. Yeah, we, we saw King Kong and then we went out. And so I was like, all right, we can do both. We can do both. But he, my brother's the one that's always like pushing me to go out, and you know he's the younger one, so it's uh, it's kind of funny. But he's like, make sure Christian you, talk about your technology and keeping us up to date. What do you do? <laughs> yeah, you, he's the one on the the music and stuff. Pop that one. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm Christian, the other son. Are you coming this way? Okay. Um. I feel like I'm always like on Twitter and I mean Facebook, Instagram, everything, and so I follow like all these things on Twitter, like Complex Magazine, all those crazy things. And I mean, you just, I just keep, I don't know, I keep in. I, I'm always around my parents, as my brother was saying, so I'm always sharing what I'm seeing, or if I see a funny video or like the Cash Me Outside girl, you know, I'll, sh- I'll show my my dad on YouTube, like all those things, you know. 
And um, oh, also the way you just showed us about uh, sailing. Oh yeah, I mean, I was watching this vlogger. Um, it's like this Australian couple couple that are like sailing the world, and I was like, we should take sailing lessons and <laughs> to go travel the world. I don't know. I'm more like uh, at this moment in my life, just like trying to experience a lot of things, like. I'm uh, recently signed up for like this acting class that I'm going to start in like a week. I don't, and I want to do like music too. I mean, I just want to kind of get to know like every aspect of like all the culture that we're in today, so I can figure out what it, like I may want to do as a hobby, you know, or a profession. You never or know. profession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, w- I really do want to uh, expand the business with my parents. I mean, it's a dream. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Well done, Dad, Mom. We're grateful souls, man. We're grateful. We're just grateful, truly. We were running for office, and, and we, we were told to take pictures of what we were doing, and we started letting the world in to who we are, and people didn't believe it. People were telling us, that's not real. Who are you guys really? Are your kids really with you? Are you really affectionate? Are you genuinely hugging your kids, or are you doing it for the photo op? I was like, you guys are crazy. <laughs> this is us on the daily. And it was like... Foreign to a lot of people, and I find that so unfortunate. I don't know that it's, you know, I, I feel like it's, um, we just need to celebrate it more. Yes. And you guys, like the love that you feel is probably no different than a lot of other people and how they feel for their kids or how they feel for their parents, but to be open about it and to talk about it. Yes. You know? And I think even just your ability to express love so freely, and I see it, I'm not that much older than them, but I am older and I have no doubt about what we're headed for in the future. My sister says this all the time. We're going to be okay. Have you heard them? Like their, their base and how they operate and how they think and how they prioritize what's real and what's important at a time when I was their age. I was thinking about being, you know, cool. Am I on the right track? Do I make the right grade? Like I was, my ambitions were outside of myself. And these guys are so much more grounded. Like, I have no doubt about what the future holds because of who they get to be. That's right. And who they are right now and what they value. And they're already making an impression. They're already doing it. They're That's already right. doing it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to you just letting me be a part of your orbit. Really? Because you guys make me better. Every of- single day I learn from like, you know, you, you like, even Hector, I learn from Hector too because he's like, He's more outspoken. I'm learning how, you know, I'll take that from him. He's, he's really good I mean, at that. I say a lot of stupid things uh, most yeah. of the no, time, don't. but there's always like, yeah, you we know, know, like two cool things that I say. <laughs> <laughs> We're listening. Yeah. We're listening. We hear you. Yeah. Hey, behold the turtle who only makes progress when he sticks his neck out. If you're not making any mistakes, you're not moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't worry about yeah. it. Well, thank you for sharing your son. You're welcome. I feel like we got a dose of Palm Springs today. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And she meant S-U-N, not S-O-N. Yeah, because you had two sons. I meant S U N, Palm Springs. That's right. You saw a moment in the son of the Becerra family. <laughs> thank you for mm-hmm. sharing. And thank you for inviting us, Hector. Yeah. We really appreciate it. We're grateful and we're here for you anytime. You already know. Thank we're you. going next Sunday for mimosas. Awesome. <laughs> thank, you. thank you for coming out. And, uh, you know, you enjoy the rest of your South by. We're going to sneak into South by over there right now and take a peek and go have lunch and wander it. around the Austin vibe. Go do it's it. It's a great yeah. place to be. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you. Bye bye.